if righteousness doesn't come from you and I simply believing the law or not believing the law, but obeying the law, how in the world can God give me such riches in my life? How in the world can he give me so great a salvation? How can he change me? I don't deserve this. I, I certainly need to do something in order to earn God's favor. It can't really be that he simply says, turn around to him and believe on him. Is that the truth? That's coming at you. Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. Glad to have you tune in with us here this morning. We are continuing in our series in the book of Romans, and we are continuing in Romans chapter 4. I believe we're going to be going through the first 13 verses here. Now, Paul had dismantled the argument that the Jews had that the law was their salvation, and they have got tons of questions as a result. Some of them thinking, what is the purpose of us having this law then if it wasn't going to save? And he said, much in every way, this law is the very light that will lead people to Jesus Christ, that will lead them to life. This law will show them the deadness of their spirit, that they're dead in trespasses and sins, that they have sinned, that they're guilty before God, and they will be looking for a remedy. This law does have that power and that alone, but it does not have the power to save. So then what then is this faith? How, you know, and, and it, it, it's kind of like what they say here in the first verse of chapter four in Romans, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Their question is, what did Abraham find then? You know, you're saying that the obedience to the law did nothing, but Abraham circumcised. And, and that's why God loved him, because he circumcised. And that's what the question is, is what did he find in the flesh then? If you're saying that, it, that Abraham isn't saved by that, because if he was justified by works, then he would have something to boast about. He'd have something to glory of, like, look at me, I did this, and that's why God has accepted me, and that's why he's counted me righteous, is because I circumcised. What did he find? Well, I will tell you this. What he found happened before he circumcised, which we'll get into later in this chapter here. What he found was a connection with God. He knew who God was, a relationship, a walk with God. You see, just simply obeying the law doesn't give us that connection, that walk with God and knowing God. It gives us dread terror of going against any of his laws lest he beat us down, unless we be in, in terrific trouble and we're always shown that we're not good enough. That doesn't, that doesn't help us to know who God is. The law simply is telling us, you are a sinner. You have failed. You are in, in deep danger. You are headed toward hell. These are all the things that the law points out to us that we, we, we're abject sinners. We need God's help. So what did Abraham find? He found the secret link. He saw past all of that straight to the heart of God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. That's what he found. He believed God. He believed what God said. He believed the promises of God. He believed Whenever God told him to do something, it was for his very good. It was for his best. It was for God's kingdom. He believed all those things. And because he believed that with a simple childlike simplicity and faith, God reckoned to him righteousness for that. Because Abraham, his heart went out toward God. 
and he believed God. He saw God for who he was. He wasn't just letters on a page. He wasn't a list of do and don'ts. He's the God of all creation, the God of the universe. And Abraham walked with God, talked with God. And so Abraham found a relationship. Abraham found the blessing of righteousness through that faith. It says, now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. It's like if you and I have a job, right? I go out to work. I expect that, you know, with my job, say they pay me 15 bucks an hour. I expect that if I work, I'm going to get $15 an hour. If I worked a 10-hour day, I'm going to get $150. I don't have to question everything. My time, the direct amount of my time's input has a direct proportion to them what I receive out of it. My wages, they are indebted to me. And you see, he's saying, to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. There's no gracious gift from the boss to me after I put in a 10-hour workday. It's simply, he says, if for every hour you work, I'll give you 15 bucks. So the boss is indebted to me. But that's not the kind of relationship that God wants with his people, with a child of God. That's not what he's looking for. He's not looking for that simple indebtedness. He's looking for a a heaven-sent power, a relationship, a walk, a change through grace that can only happen through faith as Abraham found and not in that indebtedness like Abraham says, well, God, I did A, B, C, and D. Now you owe me this much. Give me this much salvation. You see, that makes God work for us, but it's the other way around. And so we don't want to be those that are working in the, in the space of God, you're indebted to me because we're indebted to God. It's really the other way around. Abraham obeyed because he believed. He didn't obey in order to be saved. You see, there's something already different. Abraham believed God well before, which we're going to get into the circumcision that he had, uh, the act of circumcision that he performed on himself and on you know uh, those people that would follow after him, his servant's household, his sons would have the same He didn't do that in order to say, oh, Lord, look on my acts of uh, obedience. Look on my acts of circumcision so that you save me. He just believed God. God said, I'm going to give you the sign of circumcision. He said, okay. And he said, this is what you're going to do. And, And Abraham said, okay. And he did that because he knew God, because he believed God. That happened. That faith was already established before he did this. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. You see, people can load up laws and rules to themselves and be the most miserable of people. You know, at large, I mean, I would even have to say in the deep recesses of the heart, those of, of, say, Muslim faith, they don't have this idea of who God is. They don't know God in this personal manner. They don't know the peace and assurance of God. They don't know God as Father. They know that they want to do more good than bad, and hopefully the, the scales will be tipped in their favors in the end, and then, you know, maybe Allah will let them in. They don't have a picture of God as Father like Christ has shown to us. And so they don't understand, they're working in the place of debt. Oh, I, I'm going to do all this, and then God owes me this, and hopefully it's enough. They're working from that place. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Oh, the peace and joy of somebody who has turned their back on sin and believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save them, to change them. There is a peace in their heart. There is a peace and a joy and a light in their face that you cannot find when you're working in the area of wages and debt. And so we find Catholics doing that thing. We find 
Muslims doing that thing. We find many other religions and philosophies of life doing that very thing. And it is a harsh taskmaster. No peace, no joy, no assurance, no relationship with the God of the universe. But dear listener, if you simply turn away from your sins and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's your everything, you can know what's being said here. Not working for debt, but getting the gracious gift of God to you. And your faith is counted to you as righteousness. Even as David in verse six also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. So there's references here to Psalm 32, one through two, Psalm 57, 16 through 17, and Psalm 40, verse six. Those are kind of combined here in Paul's, um, I say quote, it's kind of a paraphrase, paraphrase conglomeration. So here's the paraphrase, paraphrase conglomeration. Man, can't say that word even once fast. <laughs> verse seven, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So we see an imputation of sin. You have done, you have done wrong against God and that sin is reckoned to your account. Oh no, I'm in trouble. He said, blessed is the person whose transgressions are covered, their sins are forgiven, and there is no sin imputed against them, held against them. And then, he, then the question comes up in verse nine, Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. So here, it's not the law that was saving, right? He's bringing that point up again. He says, Abraham believed when he was uncircumcised, guys. You religious Jews, Abraham believed before that. And I would say the same to you if you're a Muslim. You can believe on the name of the Lord Jesus before you learn what true prayer is. You don't have to get out your special prayer rug and pray so many times a day towards Mecca. You don't have to have all these endless ceremonial things and laws and whatever. You can simply have faith in Jesus Christ and that can change everything. Now, I just want to say for those that may be, that could be Muslim listening to this or some others, you may have the same concerns that the Jewish people did well, that sounds like a cheap kind of a religion because I've met some of your people that say that they're Christians. They say this and they believe in Jesus Christ, but they're nasty people. They're hypocrites. Their attitudes are terrible. And I would say I've met some of those myself, but that doesn't change what the Bible is saying. Those people have not applied this to their lives in the way that is being talked about here in the way that Jesus spoke about. Those people have taken a shortcut. They did not go through the door, as Jesus said. They climbed over the wall and went in another way. This true faith is a power-releasing faith, and we'll find that also as we go to the second half of this chapter next week, but this is a power-unleashing faith. We see with Abraham, he wasn't a guy that was just living all slipshod and in a hypocritical life. Other nations and rulers around him knew there was something drastically different about this man, Abraham. He lived a righteous and a godly life, and it was his faith that enabled him to do it his faith in God, not his obediences. His obedience was a result of his faith because he loved God. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? The answer is not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. So while he was uncircumcised, God reckoned righteousness to Abraham because he believed God. And that can be you. There, you don't have to fix everything up in your life first, and then maybe God will accept you. Granted, you do have to have in your heart the idea that I am turning in my heart from sin. 
I do not want to live this life anymore. I have no desire to be this way anymore. I am turning my back on it. I'm burning the bridges behind me. That doesn't mean that you've you've fixed everything. It just means that I'm not looking that way anymore. I'm looking wholly and fully unto Jesus. When you do that and believe on him, he breaks the power of those sins and they don't hold any power over you anymore. Sure, you can be tempted, but it's way different after you've been born again than before. You now have a power over those that you did not have previous. And so he says, Abraham had that faith before he had circumcision. Why? Verse 11, he received the sign of circumcision, which was a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. So it was a sign. It was obedience to God. And then it was a sign of the faith that Abraham had, him obeying God. Dear listener, that's the same for you and I. If you believe God, you're going to act like that, right? but we don't want to get the cart before the horse. We don't want to flip around the order. It's first, I believe God. And because I do, there's a buoyancy of a, and a love of obedience to God, not a, this drudgery of do this or else. There's something drastically different inside of our hearts. And he says that he did that so that any that believe just like Abraham could have that same righteousness given to them. And it's imputed to them, not in, in the modern day as if it's, you know, they say imputed free grace. It's like Christ obeyed for me so that I don't have to. That's false. This imputation is I did not earn this great gift of grace. There, I, I didn't like do A, B, C, and D, and then God imputed righteousness to me. I simply believed, and so he reckoned it to my account. That's the idea of imputation here. And the, he was the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only. So not just the Jews, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. So that's to anyone that believes, Jew or Gentile, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So we see here, dear listener, that faith unleashes the power of heaven in the soul, forgives us of our sin. God then reckons to our account righteousness instead of uh, all the life of wickedness behind us. And we see that that righteousness isn't just a forgiveness of sin, but an empowering to live a righteous life. We're going to see that more next time. So dear listener, if you are in this condition of just trying to work your way up the mountain and not getting to the top, why don't you try going down at Jesus' feet, believing on him and receiving his righteousness? Your next step is to call 570-362-7782. I would love to talk with you over the phone. If you're local, I'd love to get a coffee with you. Every Thursday at 5.30 p.m., we are out in the Wilkes-Barre Public Square having a street meeting, and immediately following at 6.30, we have a Bible study at Abide Coffee Shop in downtown Wilkes-Barre. Also, on Sunday at 4 p.m., we have another street meeting. You are invited, and we hope to see you there.